This is episode 340 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will, armchair captain, Hegwood, and tonight I'm joined by Marcel, second best player in my own house, Manzano. You, I think we are the, I think we're the first uh, married couple to qualify for Worlds, so, hey. That's awesome to hear. Uh, Ryan, definitely on time, Sanzuski. That's a pun. <laughs> we also have James. We're all fine here. How are you? Ritter. Uh, yeah, I had a rough weekend, but um, I think I'm back at 100. And speaking... How are you? How are you? I'm doing <laughs> terrible, actually. But that, that, that sounds kind of like he didn't want to stay up Saturday night. And you're, it's, it's like the day that you, you have a big meeting at work and you're like, <laughs> I don't feel so good. But then the next day you're like, ah, it, it was just a stomach flu. I wish it was as simple as that. <laughs> well, we also have some guests introducing your ex TC champions, Team USA, starting with Doug Howe in first order. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Levi Schott as our Rebel player. Hello there. Steve <laughs> Q. Tilo, our Imperial player. Long live the Empire. Uh, Steven Wyland, our Republic player. Hey, everybody. Uh, also, Kenneth Lyon, Team USA's coach. Hello. And Chris P., uh, one of our substitutes. Howdy, howdy. And just coming in now, Joel Springle, <laughs> Team USA's MVP, right on time for his introduction. That's hilarious, uh, because I came home from work and slept until about 20 minutes ago. There you go. Right on time for the podcast introduction. There you have it. The XTC champions. We're going to be talking a lot. So glad you guys can join us tonight to talk this XTC. Before, though, we start, of course, we got to give a shout out to the GSB patrons they're our largest group of supporters they get us two events like lvo we have coming up in january also patrons get uh access to uh specific channels in our discord and shareable art from our past projects you gotta check out what kind of art down is posted at patreon.com slash gold squadron well where should we start I guess we could, we might as well just pull up the record here. For those of you who don't know, USA uh, entered into a team competition after you guys, we did a combine to get recruitment for players, did a group stage of five rounds, barely getting through, and to take on some tough opponents, and then gets to the final a 10 team round robin nine rounds over two days on european time 5 a.m utc uh which you would think would give us advantage not this week or a, a disadvantage but not this weekend united states of america 
goes eight and one in their team rankings with 32 individual wins. That's uh, as a non-playing captain, I, I can't be prouder. Honestly, it has been uh, a humbling experience, to say the least, from my angle. Uh, all that practice, all the hard work ended up paying off for everybody. But you've been here with me and Marcel talking about XCC for weeks. Who I want to hear about XCC from is the players. Uh, Joel, we're going to start with you. I know you just jumped in. <laughs> we're going to start with you because you were our MVP. Ended up going 7-1-1, uh, if I'm not mistaken. 7 That is correct. And the individual uh, standings there. Played all nine games. Very proud of you, man, man. Uh, and this is a little inside baseball. We about switched your list halfway through. Or not halfway through I the am, event, but before the finals. I'm really glad we didn't. The The switches, I think, were to lists that were objectively better against the whole field, but weren't as good against the things that Ken got me paired up against. It's uh, because of Poe. It's capable of bullying other lists that rely on high initiative in a way that a bunch of T70s or T70s and Zori really can't. Um, and I managed to use Poe to steer those high initiative ships that don't want to be in front of a bunch of T70s. I would herd, herd them in front of a bunch of T70s. It's only three. It's not as bad. Well, with my list... Instead of being quantity where everybody is single modified, the only ship in my list that was firing single modified with any regularity at all was Temin. Everybody else usually had at least an extra reroll or something. And that means my lower number of shots matter more, and those aces just go melt. I mean, I believe I got your list pulled up here, just shoving as much modification into uh, Poe as possible, combined with their pilot ability. To be getting free boost, flying over obstacles, and even bear rolling. How many times did you bear roll that, Poe? Do you remember? Is it something you do often? It's not that frequent. Um, when I was months ago, last spring, starting to play him, it took me a while to realize that the barrel roll would matter. And then I used it a ton. And then I started to realize that simply having the the free repositioning in my back pocket was usually more valuable than using it because the opponent had to allow for it. Oh, God, this poke could be anywhere. Well, you're darn right he could. Um, or he could just I'd straight. be surprised if I barrel rolled more than, than, you know, maybe nine times the entire event. Oh, so almost like once per game. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. Now, yeah. the free boost, that came up a lot. That got used two, three times per per game. I, I boosted as my action a couple of times per game because the previous round I had already used my, my Poe points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you, you can fly through an obstacle every round, but you can only boost every other round. Precisely. And, and that would be, you know, 
why I end up taking the boost action a couple of times would be because I just ran something over. Um, which is another way that it, it's something that the, the lists that are set up to take out Han, you would think would be good to take out this, but those lists rely on obstacle placement and Poe does not care. True. Very true. Uh, what about uh, anything else, Joel? Your experience. I know you're having uh, concerns about the time zone, but you seem to handle it just fine. You know, um, I discovered. Well, I, I did a couple of things. I stayed up later than I should a couple of nights in a row ahead of time, which made me drag some at work, and it meant Friday I was completely dead to the world. I also Thursday, one of my coworkers was just sick as a dog and I was feeling sniffly and getting a headache and stuff. So I ended up uh, calling off Friday. I didn't wake up until 1030 in the morning Friday, which is very unusual for me. If I'm up after eight in the morning, it's like, what in the world happened? Uh, I took another three hour nap in the evening because I could not stay conscious. Once the game started. Well, you see, I have ADHD. And one of the thing, one of my strongest symptoms is actually the ability to hyperfocus. When I'm on the medicine, the hyperfocus tends not to be there. The medicine wears off sometime in the evening, and I'd had no idea this was going to happen. But I spent ten and a half hours basically in hyperfocus, which meant the whole fatigue thing. I just didn't notice. <laughs> and then when it was over, I was wired and couldn't sleep for hours afterwards because my brain would not get back to normal. It was great for the event. It was <laughs> terrible at work today because I was dragging so hard. I bet. I mean, the the winds just kept coming. Uh, if I remember right, we, <laughs> uh, we got... Uh, oh, actually, you know what? Why, why would I remember? I have it right, pulled up right here. We can just take a look at uh, the games. Uh, we uh, That's an actual sweep of Columbia as a note. Uh, <laughs> shout out, yes. Shout out to Columbia. They had to drop out uh, for a couple of reasons, but they made it into the finals. So we're real proud of them. Hope, hope to see them next year as well. Uh, we 3 2 to Australia in the second round, uh, 4 1 to Mexico in the third, and 3 2 to New Zealand in the fourth, and then the fall of America in round five. Uh, everybody, everybody was uh, up way too late, failing. Uh, I just remember our chat was just like uh, a losing record, and then I hit two rocks. Yeah, then the next person came in, losing record. I hit two rocks. Uh, it was the, it was the yeah, what what uh, what happened that round, guys? I specifically remember setting up turn zero. I was great. Uh, set my dials for turn one, doing five, fine. Time to move my ships, and I was like, oh god, it's eight thirty in the morning, and I've been up for <laughs> like twenty hours, and it was just like it was like wall. And the rest of that game, I was just struggling to remember how ships moved. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure the rocks got bigger that last round. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know what France's cheat code was, but they, uh, they like magnets. I think they moved the rocks. 
I think Francis <laughs> moved them cheat, all, code, yeah. cheat code was oh, late afternoon. <laughs> yeah, their cheat code is called like five in the afternoon. <laughs> it did. Being so, yeah. fair, it's also called being very good players. They just they had inconsistent results. Yeah, France. Uh, actually, one of the our personal MVPs because uh, they took out Canada and I think uh, Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't that yeah. Australia's other loss? Yeah. They beat everybody from not Europe and lost or drew everybody from Europe. They were the, <laughs> <laughs> they were the, the wild cards. Uh, Joel saving us. I had those records pulled up. Uh, but Joel saved us from a a a, a sweep that round. Uh, we didn't get any wins, but Joel did tie, and that counts for something. Which means <laughs> we were we were never swept the whole tournament. Uh, let's see. We'll get to you the rest of you guys. Don't worry. I just want to while while we I had this pulled up. Uh, six. Round six, we did 4-1 England. We were very proud of that. Uh, that really got our uh, butts in motion for the second day uh, as we went five and then four rounds. So six, seven, eight, nine were day two. Uh, we did sweep Germany. And then maybe our toughest battle of the event uh, against Canada, who was also in the running to take it all. Uh, we ended up 4-1-ing them. Very proud of that. Uh, and finished off uh, the event, uh, which is interesting because how it worked out is that Australia had already solidified 31 wins at X and 2. You had to beat individual wins or at least tying and then go to head-to-head. -head. So team wins, individual wins, then head-to-head -head were the tiebreakers. Which meant that uh, at that point in time, we were three wins behind Australia. We were at 28 going into the last round, which meant that we couldn't lose to Wales. If we lost to Wales, Australia takes it all. So we still had to get those three wins. We did 4 1 uh, to solidify us into first place. Um, but let's keep it going here. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Doug, we're, we, this is kind of a GSP. Oh, I guess GSP's tradition is normally the opposite. We normally go uh, worst to best, but we're going best to worst here. Uh, Doug, you had, uh, I think, seven. Real quick, I would like to say oh, there wasn't yes. really a worst. There was yes, a best was and a almost a best. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. When every single one of us finished at better than 500, yeah, there's no such thing as a worst. That's true. That's true. Uh, you guys did all great. Uh, Doug, you played, though, uh, again, amazing performance. Played all nine rounds. Thank you so much uh, for that commitment. You somehow played First Order and uh, Imperials. Still never got yeah. that figured out. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, it bugged and kept, kept wanting to make me Empire, but, but <laughs> I did play First Order. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us about your list and your experience. Uh, yeah, so I ran uh, Silencer Kylo uh, with Instinctive Aim, Lone Wolf, Advanced Optics, and Proton Torpedoes, uh, Gaelic with Proud Tradition HLC, Malaris with Magpulse, uh, LaHuse with Marksmanship, Barrage Rocket, Special Forces Gunner, and DT with Deuterium. Uh, so I think uh, five ship FO is pretty standard at this point. I think the only quote, weird thing is I did Silencer Kylo 
uh, instead of like two five pointers, which is usually like a Wilo blackout or something. But uh, I don't like whispers, and I really like Silencer Kylo, <laughs> so I opted to to go that route. And uh, I mean, he's just a monster. Like the the premise of the list is, I have four ships that stay alive as long as possible, while Kylo throws four dice at stuff, and uh, you know it went pretty well. Uh, yeah, you were on stream quite a bit uh, for Firecast. They were interested in seeing this uh, Silencer Kylo. Uh, we did have you on a game as well. Uh, though normally you did hit two rocks in one Kylo move. <laughs> which is... I did. I did manage to do that. I uh, I stared at a talent roll for about 30 seconds. And I think that was, was that round eight or nine. Uh, I I was pretty tired at that point, and I was like, you know what, well, it's gonna fit. I'm confident, and it did not. And so I talent rolled <laughs> over one rock directly onto another. And uh, to be fair, unexpected, my opponent did not see it coming. <laughs> and after that turn, Kylo was in a great position, so it was fine. <laughs> I have to ask, how much damage did you take doing that? I took three damage, and then Kylo lived with three hull. He didn't take any damage uh, from any ships, <laughs> just rocks. So yeah, I, that's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, Worth it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, I think the only other thing is I think Gaelic uh, throws people off a lot because most people either run, like, um, Scorch as their third th three-point Typho, or they'll do, like, the Iron Cannon build on them. And uh, I think the HLC is super clutch. Uh, it doesn't trigger every game, but uh, it's great for, like, arcs or Hans and things like that. Uh, and it lets you get a three-point ship that can wallop uh, whenever it's, you know, key to. Uh, and Proud Tradition's great. There were multiple games where I'd, like, sloop and then take the focus, and then, like, white moves would just be the best move, so I'd just keep doing white moves and focusing, uh, which is, focuses his action 90% of the time anyway, so uh, it's nice to not have to deal with stress. Did yeah, anyone ever flip did. Proud, Doug? Uh, no. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not once. Uh, I don't think anybody even asked. Like, I, I think it's... Uh, luckily, because I have it's four fives and a four, so I can like I can shoot him in the middle of the order before people know if they need their focus or not. And I don't think people are willing to take a crit to make the three point ship a little bit worse. Uh, <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Fair. It tur turns out I just start locking after yeah. that or evading. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, I had I had such a great time and uh, super proud of everybody. Uh, it's it, it's awesome. Fantastic to hear. Um, let's see. Uh, so you flew first order. Uh, who's next in our records here? That's Steven. Steven. Six and three with uh, a six-ship Republic squad. Steven, what was your experience? Um, amazing experience. It was super, fu super fun to run Six Brothers. Um, yeah, so all clones in the list. Uh, so starting with uh, Sock, Sock Oddball with Selfless R4P, Veteran Tail. Um, switched after the, the, the group stage to what I flew in the finals. So um, accompanying Oddball was uh, um, Custom Wolf with Veteran Tail Gunner, R4P Astromech, which was really clutch on him because uh, your Sock Wolf is, uh, yeah, that Astromech is uh, pretty much dead in, dead in the water. Um, and then the last few points on Custom Wolf, I had ta Tactical Scrambler, which did trigger a few times where it's like he became, uh, he was an obstruction. We were like, oh, you want to shoot at somebody else? It's like, well, you're going to, like, they're going to get an extra agility. So that was, uh, that was super fun when that triggered. Um, and then Wolf is just, I mean, a uh, monster with his ability. Um, and then the rest of the list rounding out. So I um, had Contrail in the in the B-Wing with 
uh, Crackshot, R4P, Astromech, the, the batch configuration in, in Ion Bombs, um, the first of uh, four bombers to, to, to round out the list. Um, click also in the viewing with Marksmanship, R3, Astromech, batch configuration, and Seismic Charges. And then two Y-Wings starting with, uh, with Matchstick, Ion Cannon Turret, and Concussion Bombs. And then Broadside rounding out the list with uh, Ion Cannon Turret and Proton Bombs. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where um, every match that like, I was in, like my, my three losses were all, I mean, razor, razor close losses. Um, and then, yeah, when, like the just the control between the, the Ion Cannon Turrets and all the bombs out on the table. I think there was one round that I got to drop all four um, in the same round, which was like, that was like, that was literally a blast and a half. Um, and now day two is just I mean, had um, had 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 some really good matchups. Um, the one that like went into feeling a little bit um, nervous, like it was a five ship resistance, and was just able to kill enough and and uh, push enough buttons to hold hold on. I think it was a uh, 20, 20 to nineteen or nineteen eighteen. So razor razor close. Um, and then now the match, I guess the the match that I think was probably most memorable was uh, round eight against Canada. Um, was up against Andrew Oler, who had um, yeah, all the sock arcs and then two torrents. Um, and I think it was um, boost. Um, and that like that match was just razor, razor close all the way through. Um, and it came down like the, going into the last round, and it was we were tied. Um, and he had his jag was limping on, on one hall and was able to get a range three shot with Wolf to, to take him off the board and, and seal the win. and um yeah it was just a i mean really really awesome match and andrew's just an outstanding opponent and an amazing x-wing player so um that's definitely the one that i think looking back on is just a, that that was just i mean really an instant classic and um yeah just to to be able to um push this to, to 4-1 against canada just that that was an amazing amazing feeling so i did want to ask you about i think we were the Republic squad with the fewest born for this abilities. You only have it on on ball. You got no torrents. Yep. You got it. Uh, you have customizable wolf. Uh, did that as someone who come was coming off of triple arc. Uh, how, yep. how did that really affect your play in this list? Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely like, you definitely wanted to make sure that that oddball was in, was in range two, and then you just have to, I mean, maximize the the one token when like when you need to pass it. Um, I think the the one thing that like having, I mean, having multiple ion cannon turrets and having all those bombs that it's just um, you're able to control the board in a way that um, felt more valuable than like oh I can pass I can pass a focus token and especially when I mean most of those lists are I mean one and two agility one and two agility ships it's it's I mean, how often is it, are you actually passing it to where it's making a big difference? Um, I think the, I mean, typically if they were, if they were shooting into, if it was like contrail or click, like uh, if they didn't take a focus because they wanted to, to grab the lock for the, the best configuration um, enhancement, that oddball's like, all right, I've, I've, I've got you covered. Um, they, I'll take that strain to pass the focus over. So, um, but I mean, I think it definitely flies differently, but um, I think the the da like the consistency of the damage output across I mean all those multiple ships like whether it's broadside with just his ability and matchstick having I mean, multiple rerolls whether it's a primary ion cannon turret just makes damage like really steady throughout 
and then on the rounds where you can spike it with uh, with bomb damage, it just it uh, really really brings brings it home. I think something that caught me off guard was like, oh, like you just brought four bombs. Like that's a lot, that's a lot of bombs, but also four different bombs. How yeah, did you how did you decide like which bombs to take and who to take them on? Yeah, for certain. So I mean, for for some of it was just I mean knowing. Um, like I mean, with broadside, I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. The proton bombs is because that that fits the loadout perfectly, um, and then seismic charges on click is that those those were like carried over from from the group stage, um, and then I think it was one of those things where like when we were when Crispy and I were like theory crafting the list and, and really kind of uh, bringing it home was just the designs like well which like which bomb should go where and and con like control moving at I five in really can put can put him in a position where like he, he has more knowledge of the board so having like the ion bombs on him makes makes a lot of sense um and matchstick is i mean for the most part he really wants to get in like in the thick of it so that he can maximize his ion cannon turret and so once something is ion it's like well you're going to be going into you're going to be going into, into a concussion bomb for as long as this matchstick is going to live and um and and i felt like often enough that like um, a lot of times, like the Y wings, would just kind of get ignored um, if people went for the arcs. Um, and then sometimes it's like like uh, an opponent would would go after the Y wings and then left the arcs to 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 really kind of bring bring it home at the end. And so, um, yeah, I was I mean having each of the different bombs was was a lot of fun. And then just making sure to get I mean the right amount of practice so that I mean you're putting them in a position for success. But yeah, I was. Uh, um, that's what, what we came to the, um, the final decision and yeah, def definitely paid off, um, especially in day two. And, and I had, I mean, great run in day two was like went, was able to go four and oh, and like, just made sure that like every round that we were, we were pushing those, those four and five wins. Yeah. It's doing, doing work out there. And I think that might've been, uh, one of USA's, uh, strengths is that we did, I think have, uh, other than maybe Han, uh, very unique lists, lists that weren't replicated in the uh, tournament otherwise. Well, I think, like, Joel was the only not five-ship resistance in... Correct. In the, the only... Yeah. yeah. The only four-ship resistance and the only Poe Falcon for resistance. Yeah, all of the other eight lists uh, were either five X-Wings or four X-Wings in Zord. There, there were some, there were some three X plus two as well. It, it was um, yeah, my bad. Three X wing story and somebody Lula. else. All right, they, they, Lula. They love a lot of five Lula. by four. Ah, yes, Lula. Yeah, uh, a lot of people were taking the the swarm Jess, uh, and then ZZ or Zori and Lulo. Um, but turns out if all your opponents run in the same list, it's easier to practice against. For certain. All right, well, let's keep going. Speaking of our Rebel player, we have Levi Shantz here uh, with a, a record ended up going 5-2. and two. Had some substitutes come in uh, to fill out. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Levi, what'd you fly? How'd you do? Or how um, was your experience? I just said how you did. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, um, it was really great. Uh, it was actually my first uh, Worlds level um event so it was very exciting um especially just to do so well and just love the team and love just yeah everything about it it was I'm, I'm just so excited i've got this like big grin on my face <laughs> since friday so <laughs> it's been uh awesome um 
but yeah, I was uh, find some pretty pretty standard rebel meta stuff. Um, Han with the uh, chopper and engine upgrade version. Uh, Boy Luke, of course. Wedge with crack shot and marksmanship. Uh, Kia with lone wolf concussion, uh, and then Sabine. Um, I guess I don't know. Maybe the biggest difference is is wedge instead of hull. Um, I will say, Will, you you gave a very good argument for hull, um, mm. but for me at least, it boiled down to I just I um, I really like the speed of the A wings, just being able to to zip around and you know um, just kind of be wherever they want. Um, and also, you said that we should be able to fly the the list in our sleep, and I'm like, I just won't have enough time to practice hold to, to do that. So, wedge that was the, yeah. the that, that Y wing flies very differently to an A wing. Especially mm -hmm. an, an advanced proton variant. Yeah, so I just, I definitely, I just, I, I knew my limits, and I was like, I'm not, um, I don't think I'd have enough time just to practice it. So, went with Wedge, and um, I thought he did good. Um, when when him and and Luke and uh, sometimes Keo were able to shoot the same thing, uh, while Han was just being a distraction, it worked out really well. Awesome. I uh, got have any. Uh, high points of the event. Um, high points? I, I I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to think. It was it was it was all, all high point. It was all a blur, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um. I definitely. It was. Um. It was really fun to play people from all over the world. Um. Most of my opponents were like, just really awesome, and it was. Um. It was just a lot of fun. Like I had a lot of just like conversations. We were laughing about stuff and, um. I don't remember what who it was, but I was playing up against an Imperial, and we're like talking about how we both have two point i three Tie Fighters, but his has nothing, and mine has supernatural <laughs> reflexes in a makeshift shield upgrade. So yeah, look, make, making uh, <laughs> making academies and mm -hmm. uh, Empire Tie Fighters look real silly out there with Sabine. Yeah, two that, that poor Black Squadron was was very jealous of Sabine. It's but like, it's I could academy. barrel too. <laughs> But yeah, it was just uh, I just so excited, so so happy for the team that we were able to to pull it through, and just it's awesome. Yeah, uh, we really needed that. The Hans were a menace. I think every single uh, rebel um, list had a Han Han plus three or Han plus four. So having a strong backbone for our own Han certainly was very helpful. Uh, let's keep going down here. Uh, now we're, we're going pretty far because uh, I think the rest of our uh, players didn't play every, uh, or not as many rounds. Yeah, because I believe Crispy subbed in for Steve for four rounds and Marcel subbed in mm -hmm. for Levi for two, I think. Yeah, we'll go to Crispy uh, with that three and one record crispy mostly subbed out for steve then playing the galactic empire yes sir and it was uh it was a good time and uh, i'm glad that steve got to rest while i was playing and then i got to sleep at a somewhat more reasonable hour than you guys um steve finished up yeah uh we really were trying to utilize our extra players, we were fortunate to have uh, two subs to jump in. Uh, Chris, for you, uh, had uh, 
double medical emergencies this weekend. Are you feeling okay? I'm I'm fine now. Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Don't worry about me. You, you had us worried on Saturday. Listen, I I only needed one eye to play, and I don't need my legs either. So, <laughs> um, to sit in a chair and uh, just play some X Wing is uh, perfectly fine. That's awesome. It's a gift. A gift that keeps on giving. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we we're amazing to have you. Speaking of though. That Imperial list, why don't we break it down here? Steve, uh, you end up going three and two, uh, so very respectable. And uh, you were flying, uh, it's very funny. And the, the spreadsheet that um, uh, Cordray had uh, mocked up for uh, himself and kind enough to share it to us, he just labeled everything a, either a Vader or a Decimator list. Uh, why stop at one? Yeah, why, mm-hmm. why, why choose? <laughs> That's right. If those are the two best pieces, why not just play both of them? Yeah, tell us about your list. Yeah, so uh, the list that Crispy and I flew for the finals was uh, Morna Key in the Decimator with Ruthless Death Troopers, Fifth Brother, Thermal Detonators, and Dauntless. Uh, Countdown with Ruthless Disciplined and Shield Upgrade. Tomax Bren, the new standard loadout one, and Boy Vader. Uh, I remember when uh, when Will asked me to be the Imperial player after the Combine, I was like, you know, I don't know if Imperial's all that strong right now. Maybe you want to go with the Separatist player, but I mean, I'm glad he chose me. And uh, the one thing he said was just no Decimators this year. And uh, what did we do? We threw in a Decimator. Sorry about that, Will. I was convinced of it. It's, I... <laughs> 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 I was saying, like, I don't know how Crispy and Steve Gade wins with this list, but, you know. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's actually, I think, what, what's worth talking about here is that I think because Imperials are in a little bit of a weaker spot compared to Resistance, Rebels, and uh, Republic, at least, um, I think the way that you win is go against the meta. Um, I think that one of the things that XTC maybe brings out even more than in other formats is you just see a ton of medalists. I think it's probably harder for people to convince their teams that their own homebrew list is better than your medalist. So mm-hmm. in the XTC, you see even more medalists. And I mean, we saw it this year, maybe even more so than previous years, where it was just every single list was, you know, 5X or three arcs or Han Solo. And so when I brought this list, I, I really, I planned it against the Han Solo rebels and the three arc Republic. And I think that's <clears throat> that's why I made the choices that I did. You know, one of the first thing you notice is Morna instead of Rack. Most people just immediately go to Rack, and I think for good reason. Rack's fantastic, but if you want to out joust anything, Morna's your girl because Morna could can out joust three arcs. <clears throat> and so if you're playing against three arcs and they line up Jag a, a, across from you, you just set up Morna right across from that, <clears throat> go right at it because they're not going to win that joust. They get four damage on you. Even with Padme firing proton torpedoes, and then you're just in their face. And Rack just can't do that. Um, I think Morna was the right meta call for that, as well as with Han. You know, if you can just if you can just um, if you can just get in the way of Han, if you can block him, if you can stop him from getting his focus by either cho- making him choose not to stress focus because then he's going to be death troopered for the rest of the match, or um, or just you know set up so that they, he doesn't have anywhere to escape to. Um, then you can you can kind of lock them down. And I think the, the strength of the list was really that there was no good targets. 
I mean, Morna is going to take you forever to let to, to take down. Uh, a lot of people either just chose to go for Morna or Vader, usually not both. Vader can uh, brawl with the best of them. And Countdown is just frustrating as all get out to try to fight. And so all you really have is Tomax, and he's the three-pointer that you're only going to try to shoot those two plasmas anyway. And I think that's really what um, what made the list strong. Yeah, I can't imagine how frustrating it would be as a Republic player to line up against Morna and do four damage with oh, like, yeah. the entire it's... barrage. Yep. And, like, then, and then you're cool. in their face. Like, I didn't even get the shields down yet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... yeah, my last match against Wales, that's kind of what happened. You know, just Morna against all of the arcs. And uh, yeah, I think she took five damage and then she just broke up the formation. Yeah, that sounds miserable to play against. Yeah, yeah and the new Tomax <laughs> is so good to go with her because he can throw the plasmas in there and then Morna takes down half, you know, the two of them take down most of an arc with two shots. Mm -hmm. yep. And in, it turns uh... out the other great strategy to play in the middle of the night is only play half of it. And it's great when you've got your sub that's better than the starter, and that's crispy. And you know, <laughs> taking uh, four of those matches so that I could start in the in the early early morning, and he could start in the late late night, just worked out real well. Yeah, that that actually brings me to a question that I had for I guess like Will and like the scheduling of the team is, um, <laughs> what are you thinking putting crispy on the bench? One of the one of the best players um, in America and maybe even in the world. Uh, I think a lot of people were. Um, Sad to see Crispy on the bench, but uh, man, it's hard to uh, ch just choose five players. And uh, I think between the combine and uh, having having the availability of all these great players here, uh, gave you some hard choices. So um, yeah, yeah like, I mean, we we lead how, into how'd them. You to, Oh, sorry. How how do you choose to you know set up the actual team for the finals? Uh, well, as far as the scheduling, that was up to those two, um, that it just worked out best for them too. And then, uh, I just, I would wanted them free, uh, as much as possible to be able to jump in, whether, you know, internet issues or falling asleep at the keyboard. Uh, I was hoping to, uh, lean into those subs if necessary, especially with the weird time zone. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, luckily, we didn't need to uh, put out any fires. No real emergencies happened. Um, but, yeah, uh, we're just trying to use that, that depth for it. Uh, Steven, um, Crispy, as they said, you know, they they thought that that was the best schedule for um, both of their performances. And I would, from the results, I would have to agree. So, so to yeah, answer think... my question, you, you, you chose not to choose and then just had them both both play, essentially. Well, I would like to also toss in the fact that during group stages, Crispy as a sub was extremely valuable instead of being locked into one faction. Oh, man. So as you mentioned, yeah. he's one of the best players in the world, and like he can jump yeah. from faction to faction and play that list yeah. at a world for, for caliber. Fun. Yeah, this is what he does on a daily basis, just like <laughs> finds finds like wacky things. Is like, well, I could probably play this pretty well, and then like wins events with it. So, yeah, I can imagine he could play a meta list pretty well, even if it's not something that he's practiced a ton. Yeah, that but, is. Does that right, crispy? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, anyone who's seen me sort of bring stuff to tournaments knows that it's not uh, not what anyone would particularly call meta, but. I mean, uh, it, it, it is after you're done with it. Like, <laughs> usually. 
Yes. Uh, Three words: electro proton bomb, death fire. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Good times. Um, but yeah, no, like being able to, like, help anyone out, and also for practice, um, specifically like uh, for uh, Steven or for Levi, being able to like get practice games in with them with Foe or Empire or any of the. Uh, factions that I'm familiar with, while also being able to understand and like go through them with their list. Um, so in case I needed to step up and play it, I think for group stage I only needed to help out uh, Joel and Steve. Um, but you know it worked out in the end, and uh, I'm I'm really happy with the team. And uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd do it again. It was uh, less work for me and uh, all the glory. So uh, yeah, I think that's a. Uh... That's one thing that I wanted to kind of share, too, is like one of the greatest things from Team USA was just, I mean, how much it was team. You know, uh, we just had so many players like I really want to give a shout out to Steven, who might, I mean, must have played three or four games every week, just helping everybody out for Crispy, you know, playing against every uh, list, playing all of those lists. Um, it was just it was just an amazing experience to have all of these amazing teammates to really work together to figure out the puzzle and to um, get those wins. Yeah, echoing what Steve said, it's just, I mean, everyone, everyone supported one another. And when you're having, I mean, practice matches with world-class players, like, it's, it only is going to help, help prepare you for, for matches. And, like, whether it was practice matches or, I mean, matchup analysis, like, everyone just, everyone vested into one another and just supported one another. Like, even when, like, when things got tense in, like, whether it was the group, like, during the group stage or... Like after we lost it to France, it's like everyone's like, nope, we got like we got this. We're we're gonna pick one another up, and and it, that was consistent from I mean from day one, and um, just an amazing team, and um, and the end result, I mean, sh showed um, showed as um, the the strength of the team, and and how much it took. we just uh, we looked out for one another, and um, yeah, just amazing, amazing experience, and yeah, everyone on this team is just uh, fantastic, and in, in how how they looked out for one another. So yeah. Uh, that could... It also helps when everyone around here is like the nicest human being in the world and makes it feel like, you know, you're just some mean old miser. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I... that does remind me about um, uh, that round five. We're all very defeated by the um, uh, losing four games to France. But if I remember right, that was the round that Mexico beat Canada. So we... Yes, it, uh, was. it was indeed. Yeah, so we still got <laughs> we still got a moral victory uh, because Canon with our loss that means we were no longer undefeated, um, which left Canada as the only undefeated. Uh, but Mexico got the win on them, uh, which was um, at least it ended the the day on a high note. That uh, even if we had taken a loss, every other team had taken a loss as well. So we were still. Very much in the running. Uh, the memes were flowing after after Mexico pulled that upset. <laughs> we were rooting for Mexico. I would say uh, Mexico and France, USA's secret MVPs, uh, take, getting wins on Canada and Australia. Ah, uh, beautiful to see. Uh, I mean, despite France beating us, France was also pretty hefty part of that, beating Canada and Australia. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, France, I don't want France to... had some like weird, weird stats of be beating out a lot of the top other teams, but then uh, not performing well against some of the other teams like at their level. They had like funny stats. 
<laughs> right? Uh, before too, before we get off individual players, though, Marcel as well, one of our substitutes, able to jump in. Went one and one, still uh, 50% record there. Uh, Marcel, who did you jump in for? Uh, for Levi. I played uh, the games four and five, and then I was supposed to play game nine, uh, but there was just a, a bit of uh, miscommunication on game nine. But yeah, so I played game four and five. And um, uh, yeah, you can't, you know, Levi was, was amazing the whole way through, and so was everyone else. Um, you know, this is, what is it? I, I think... I think I'm the only one that, like, yeah, like, like I was there from, like, the original Team USA from, like, traveling to Poland, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have to say, like, it's progressively gotten better every year. Uh, not just the results. I mean, I think the results have gotten better every year. But also just, like, the um, the atmosphere and the excitement and, like, the camaraderie. So I was really you know, really happy with the way things turned out. And uh, like Crispy said earlier, like not, not not as much of the effort, but just as much of the glory. Like I'm, I'm going to take that swag just like, just along with everyone else, you know. Um, I slept through day two. I don't care. I woke up. I was just as happy as, uh, as everyone else on day two. Um, you know, after I, found, I woke up and found out that, that, that we had taken it. So super... Super happy with with the team selection. Super happy with the way things turned out. Um, yeah, it was just it was just really really great to see everything. And and I was really excited to see. Well, I was really happy to see the excitement on um, some of the new team members. Um, you know, like Joel's, Levi, Steven, Crispy. You know, just the. I, I think. Um, you know, no, 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 no knock on, on us old heads, you know, the Doug, Steve, uh, you know, Kenny, all of us, but it was nice to see like that, that new blood energy and excitement, you know, it's kind of like it, it revitalizes the, the, the scene a little bit. So I was, I was, I was happy for that. And, um, also we cannot forget to, um, you know, just give a, give a big shout out to all the combine people, all the people that that signed up for the combine and took part in that. Kind of helped narrow down who we ended up selecting at the at, at the end of the day. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of good players that were not selected. That you know, there was no no fussing. There was no like, hey, how come I'm not part of the team or or you know this or that. Um, you know, it was just a really positive process the whole way through. Uh, so, so yeah, just 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 happy to, you know, to yeah. I wouldn't sell yourself part too of it short, and contribute, Marcel. Yeah. I mean, you uh, you're one one of the James was basically the combines to, but Marcel helped spearhead that event uh, after. Um, we'll say we'll say some complications uh in the uh, uh selection process usa does have probably the largest player base i would imagine um from any country uh so that process in the previous years 
to, to touch on it. Um, we more or less just had handpicked some players. And the previous year, I think we just went with all the same people, same captain, same coach, same players. Well, last year we went with the same people. Two years ago, I, I didn't do a combine, but I did an application. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not there was only like a couple play-ins. I think Steve was a play-in. Uh, Steve against uh, um, Dutch, I think it was the play-in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was mostly like hand selected, uh, one or two play-ins, and then last year was just just straight up like if you were on the team the year before, you're on the team now. Congratulations. Uh, right. So yeah, this was well, we the, didn't the, we didn't know if it most... was uh, going to continue last year. Was yeah, the, the two point five of uh, yeah, the, the mark, yeah. The, the staying at home. Um, so with real life <laughs> happening, we didn't know. Uh, the the commitment. Also, last year there wasn't a whole lot of warning, was there? From what I recall. No, we had like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty uh, abrupt uh, process to do it. But, um, but so yeah, we want. You know, like you said, last, more, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, not last but not least, uh, also Kenneth, uh, doing the pairings. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, uh, I would, Joel, I would say it's a pretty big part of the. Kenneth, Joel's our MVP, Ryan. and it's completely deserved. But I think Kenneth should be our honorary MVP because I think all of us would have performed <laughs> much worse if we were having to do our pairings and not him. Yeah, uh, I want to toss is, in because I was looking at that sheet early in the thing, uh, and I've got it in front of me now. There were a, we had matchups rated on one through four. Higher is better. We had a grand total of five twos the entire event and not a single one. Out of 45 matches, we had five matches that we felt were less than pretty good for us. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, looking at, looking at that spreadsheet, Kenneth, it gave me all of the good vibes because I love stats and I love spreadsheets. So seeing that was a thing of beauty. And uh, good now, in, in that case, I would like to give most of the credit to Steven because he did most of the architecture and also helped a lot with the data input. Awesome. Conjoined effort. There's a weekly, weekly highlight to just be able to, to, I mean, list data nerd out with, with Kenneth and, and put like put in opponent lists and just get, I mean, get stuff set up so that I mean, we could all I mean, go in and, put in like how, how we felt about the matchups and yeah i mean kenneth is just i mean he's an absolute wizard um when it comes to like matchups and so like every every round you look around it's like up oh, yep we've got mostly mostly threes and fours and yeah it's just he he put us in position every single round to be successful and um yeah we don't we don't win this if, if, if we don't have kenneth doing doing what he does best Well, it makes it my job a lot easier when I have a lot of really good players to pair with. Yeah, can you tell us some uh, some things about the pairing process? Uh, actually, um, a, uh, a at least uh, Mexico. We'll have to talk more about uh, later. But um, everyone was praising. Um, the the pairing process, getting those good matchups. Uh, is there any uh, secrets, any like go to methods that you're utilizing for those pairings? I mean, part of it is just like depending on what the final matrix ends up looking like. 
uh, usually there's a really obvious, well, this guy's only got one bad matchup, so we want to put him out first because then we can guarantee functionally that he gets a positive matchup. Not always the case. Like in one case, I think the game against Mexico, actually, it was Mexico or New Zealand, where their empire list just nobody wanted to touch the 10-foot pole. So we kind of had to pair around that in such a way that we could was that the defender? Try to one? give them. Mm, no, it was. I let me, let me see if I can't find it. Uh, who, who ended up playing against that uh, defender Vader list? Oh, against that was me. Yeah, uh, it was uh, Vader, Backstabber, Mauler, Bolt, and Tomac. So it was all fives and Vader. Oh, it was all fives with three die guns and Vader. Yeah. That makes sense. That that does sound scary. <laughs> uh, you said Levi that you you played against the Defender Vader. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, Defender Vader is scary, obviously. Um, but bombers go pop pop. Uh, got a couple of early crits in with Han on him, and so just kind of ignored Vader and um had him on objectives the whole time, and you know. It was Han, Han got a little scared because the vendor uh, Vader was on his tail, but um, at the beginning. But then that just left the rest of my list open to do whatever they wanted with the bombers and objectives. So it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what it was was it was New Zealand's first order list. Now that I'm looking at everything again, where I think we had to have a conversation beforehand, and Steve was like, "All right, I know." That is marked as a two here because you know it's first order versus empire, but I think I can beat it. And it helped a lot, but at the same time, like that list was I couldn't in the scenario was yeah. It was for the scenario versus our list hard to pair around and it made, you know Yeah. It's a, choices a, a little less awkward or more just awkward. To, just to clarify on that list, it looks like it was uh, Kylo, Silencer, and Malaris, Rush, and Vonreg. Yes. And I think the big problem was the scenario was Scramble that round. And so, you know, Rush is a two, so he can block people off scenarios pretty easily. And then when he's not a two, he's a six, so he can flip the switches pretty easily. And then Vonreg's a six, who can mod his shot and flip the switch. Uh, Kylo can is obviously Kylo. And Malaris can, you know, flip the switch and mod their shots. Like, it is a hard matchup for a lot of people in Scramble. If you're, like, especially, like, for Levi, where his I6 needs to be taking the focus action. So it can't be flipping the Scramble, which means, you know, Von Reg or later on Rush is going to have a hard time or going to have an easier time holding those points. Um, Poe kind of doesn't want to sit in the same spot. Uh, and flip switches, kind of wants to not get shot. So it's it was hard to see good matchups there. Like Steven's very matchup agnostic, just by virtue of being a good Republic list. So he was usually like the default. I need a reason not to lead Steven, uh, and that's just sort of how that went. Yeah, the match ended up being really interesting. It was a 19-20 loss for us. Really good props to the New Zealand player. Um, it was 
was interesting. I only killed Maurus. All the rest of the points were from scenario points. He kind of gave me the scenarios, and uh, in return, he killed my ships. And uh, I could not kill either Kylo or Von Reg. Didn't even try to kill Rush. Uh, but it was it was real close. It was a really great game. Turns out he came to play chance engagement. You played. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing Scram, but you were playing two different scenarios. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Kent, anything else about parents, your experience, anything like that? Uh, well, I mean, one thing I did notice is just because I, right before you guys went live, I was looking over all the pairings and did a count on who got led and who was the first attacker chosen. And uh, it was pretty even on, like, Steven. Was, it was three leads for Steven, two for Doug, two or three for Levi, one for uh, Joel and Steve. Uh, and which is a pretty even spread, but Doug was in that first set of attackers like basically every round. Partly because, you know, we all know that Doug Howe is a monster. But like, I think that shows like, the strength of the no credit. <laughs> yeah. It also shows just how strong First Order is in general. Is all, like all it can be led. Leader. <laughs> Take it all. Take it all. Uh, but yeah, like Republic is a very good all-comers faction. First Order is very good at what it's good at, and it's good at a lot of things. A lot of people came with lists that were teched out for Han or were just generally good against Han, which made Levi's life a little bit harder, uh, especially when he had to take the uh, resistance matchups. But it's like what Joel was saying, like having some of the like the the Poe Falcon that no one was prepared for, or no one was super expecting, or uh, Steven's Republic list where it wasn't super born for this, but it was still, like it was very good at what it did and all the bomb control. And Doug with Kylo Silencer over Whisper, all of these little things where people were prepping very hard for what ended up being the meta, like eight out of 10, eight out of 10 teams or something brought, helped a lot. Yeah, I would imagine. So, like, uh, it was the, it was the strength. Uh, Joel quoted me that you're gonna literally had to fly your list in your sleep. So, yes, we kind of bucked all the trends of like let's let's just go with what got us uh, to the final stage and know what the players are most comfortable with to be able to literally uh, fly until three or four in the morning. Yeah. And then once they actually started falling asleep, they hit rocks. <laughs> but hey, yeah. That yeah. Game five, uh, all night, uh, hurt us, but otherwise, yeah. Uh, I thought you guys did the best you could, uh, which was be a lot. Be before we let everyone else go, I think, uh, Ryan jumped on and, um, I know that James was in our, uh, XCC USA chat. Uh, you're the captain, Will. I was involved. So, I Ryan, you have any questions for the guys, or or any questions about the tournament in general? Uh, who got the best and who got the worst sleep? Well, I got the best sleep. That that, that I think that's given. That. <laughs> Except Con day two. Confirmed, Marcel got best sleep. Yeah, I I, I, I got best sleep. So I the mean, worst sleep. Who got the worst sleep? 
I'm in competition oh. for best sleep only because I had today off work. So I made myself stay up, stay up until yeah. 8 p.m. Sunday night, and then I slept for 15 straight hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did not intend to yeah. sleep that long, but I also didn't make myself get up. <laughs> On Saturday, I had two two-hour naps. That was it between the games ending Saturday and starting Sunday. And then Sunday, I laid down and tried, and I slept for a grand total of about a half an hour before I went to bed at yeah, 9 o'clock. Yeah, I think Joel takes the uh, takes the prize for worse sleep because I got <laughs> six hours uh, before like Friday Saturday matches, and then got another six hours um, for the Saturday like Saturday to Sunday matches. So yeah, I think Joel yeah. Joel Joel takes the prize, both MVP and uh, yeah. worse sleep. It, it, MVP and worse sleep. All all you need is just that hyper focus, right? Yep, that that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh, I and... will say, like I wasn't exactly playing, but. Uh... The Friday matches specifically, because it started over here at nine, and mm -hmm. I had to work in the morning. So, uh, I think I was awake for twenty six hours by the time I got to sleep before the day two. Okay. I did not part do that. that. So nice. Yeah, part of that's the insomnia helping keeping me awake, but at the same time, like I did the same thing last year and the year before that. <laughs> it's not fun. I don't recommend doing it. No, I was... So, um, what was the longest? Was was it pretty equal for stretch of games, or was it which which day was was there a day with five games, day with four games? Since it five, was nine, right? Friday, five then four. Friday had five. Got it. Which is why we're um, talking that that fifth game, uh, almost sweep uh, from France, because yeah. uh, that that's where we hit our limit. So yeah, we were we were undefeated in the the first four matches of the day. Yeah, luckily Canada as well was feeling that fatigue, and they lost their round five as uh, to make us both on both defeated. I guess <laughs> would be how you would say X one. Yeah, X one. Yeah, I do want to give. Uh, we're talking about you know we talk Canada a lot, and they're north of us, and they're the defending champions. Uh, but they were not second place. Just. So That's true. we're clear. I, I have the, uh, I have so the I, I do want to I do want to yeah, I know I do want to send out a huge 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 uh shout out to um Octacon because I know last year after the um underperformance, uh, they sucked. <laughs> after being terrible last year, I know Octacon was getting a ton of ton of uh pressure from the Australian um, X-Wing players and the non-X-Wing players or the formerly X-Wing players about um, a whole lot of stuff. And this year they, they turned it around. They were very dominant in their, in their uh, Swiss to qualify. They qualified in first place. And, uh, yeah, they went 7-2. and two. So they, they, they did amazing. So congratulations to the... Um, yeah, only the... only losing to the first place and third place team in the event. Yes. So huge, huge shout out to Australia, Canada again. Um, they, they, I mean, their 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 consistency is just. I, I think their consistency and their work ethic. I think they they probably are the ones that uh, I don't know about 
uh, everyone else, but I know that Canada practices a lot. I know that Canada puts in work and they get together as a team. Uh, and it shows with last year's win and this year's third place finishing. So, again, big shout out to Canada. Um, England still sucks. They, 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 they were terrible last year. They were, no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, 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 I know. I'm, I'm teasing with Canada. But also, uh, as far as shout outs go, they, they, they're good. Canada, uh, England is good, but they're expected to be good. But they are good. Um, but no, the other shout outs that I wanted to send out real quick about um, just XCC in general has to go to um, Mexico and Colombia because at the start of the um, at the start of just you know the whole Swiss rounds and everything uh, Colombia was not at all expected to to make the finals and they and, and they made the finals they ended up I think I think they started out four and0. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, they were in a uh, all five team group, so they were three and zero, which clinched. Yeah, and then they okay. finished four zero. There you go. So Colombia, like huge shout out to them. I mean, they've got a very small community as as it relates to X Wing, so they they have you know fewer players to choose from, and they have fewer resources just because the distribution to South America is pretty limited. Um, so huge shout out to them. I know they were super excited. Um to um just to to be in, in in position to advance and also to mexico who not only were not expected to make it regardless of which uh which swiss they were put into but they got put in with united states united states two the the islands poland spain uh so they've they they were probably expected to come in fifth, and they ended up qualifying. And not only did they qualify, uh, they uh, qualified and beat in the while qualifying, beat both Poland and Spain, and defeated Canada in 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 the final. So big, big, big shout out to Fernando for putting that team together for Jorge. I know Jorge Cas like put. Um, you know, he was like the, their MVP, so huge shout out. And I don't know if you, if you guys um, here on the team that that played, if you got any special shout outs before uh, we move on to any of the teams, any of your opponents, or anything like that. Um, I mean, I, I would like to say uh, like a, again a huge shout out to the Colombian team because like they had a tough tough draw and the time zones were absolutely killing them in the finals so even though they had to drop there is absolutely no shame and nothing at all to be disappointed with with their performance like getting to the finals at all and then having to go up against us france canada rounds one two three in a time zone where it's miserable to play like just to be awake let alone to play a game that requires a lot of concentration and skill and they put up a fight like the score doesn't really reflect it but a lot of those games were close and they did take a game off of france like they played well throughout the entire tournament and they deserve all the props for it they beat more french teams than we beat that's true you know what you know Ah. that's that's a that's a stat that's true dang they got more wins on france than we did yeah so we we expect columbia to be back next year 
uh, just a little bit more prepared for the uh, the long night. And hopefully something will happen structurally to limit how unpleasant that has to be for for people in our time zones. Yeah, the um, it, it's been a big discussion, especially post uh, tournament. Unfortunately, with two oceanic teams and four North American teams, it there's a very limited window um, that wasn't yep. playing at our Friday like one a.m. or uh, one p.m. Um, and not playing until Monday morning for Australia. So we had a very narrow like thirty six hours that we could pull off the event. Uh, well, I mean, it was Friday at 9 p.m., which was pretty close for me on the Pacific, which I think Wait. kind of illustrates the point. Like, if, if USI got in, I believe Daniel Leone's in Hawaii, which means, like, the 9 p.m. for me start would be, I believe, a 7 p.m. start for him, which, if I'm remembering the Hawaiian time zone correctly. So, like, it makes it the more spread the time zones get and the more teams you have, which you want, like, you want the whole world to be participating yeah. it just gets harder and harder to schedule a, a semi-continuous event yeah and it, as much as we were like offering like maybe splitting into the like different time zones i do think that there's is something special about all playing together at once uh getting that camaraderie uh either through like the the league hall or the i think it was the lounge hall is what they are calling it uh, and being able to interact with, you know, all the players, uh, from the different teams, uh, all at once, uh, really felt like it, uh, was one, one single community going through the event. And they're shockingly during the event, there was like a sort of group acknowledgement of if we're going to complain about things let's not complain about the time zone until afterwards <laughs> so instead let's talk about the weather and you had everything from i believe in australia on saturday it was like uh 40c or something ridiculous whereas the canadians <laughs> were dealing with like i think minus 10c and then it was just a huge set of other things to complain about to and bond over of man the weather sucks everywhere doesn't it <laughs> Yes, indeed. Uh, Ryan, did you have any uh, any other thoughts that come to mind from um, that we could uh, talk about? Um. So after all these games you guys have played, now granted, the format of having, uh, you know, match creation via your pairings and whatnot can obviously skew some of the. Um, uh, outcomes or like the advantages or disadvantages any particular list could have. But what sort of things did you learn throughout the, all the XTC that you can now attribute and bring to the table for when you play in a normal Swiss large-scale event, especially world, with Worlds on the horizon? So I think one of the things that... I mean, when you know it's like I mean, going in like whether it's in the group stage going into week and you're like well what are my bad matchups um and then for the finals like you, mean, you don't even know like what like who it is you're going to be playing so like practice matches are i mean 
they're I mean a, a lot more ran, like a lot more random because you don't know um, like what is you're gonna be playing against is then leaning into like well what are my bad matchups and then learning like what what can I do to put myself in a position um, to to be able to to win because I know for I mean, for Republic lists, it's like I mean, resistance and NFO feel like are the 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 worst matchups for them, and so then like really pra- like practicing to to find like what is like that, um, what is that the combination of I mean, like claiming objectives and what ships to go after to to really put yourself in a position where you can have a chance to win, um, and then I mean for your matchups that you're stronger, um, it's just like I mean. And then sticking with the like sticking with the formula that that consistently like puts you in a position to to win but um yeah i would say especially like like those weaker matchups is is really leaning into that and, and finding finding what it is that is going to give you a chance because if if, if if you have a chance then i mean um you're still gonna like you can still be able to, to notch the win in, in the swiss especially in the swiss format like you're not going to get the like you don't have Kenneth to, to set you up for success, and so just leaning into that and and, and learn learning like what what those lists want to do, and um, and then mitigating against it. Yeah, I'd also uh, say the same in the same realm that it's definitely taught us to like like I I can more or less kind of sim out a game uh, in my head about who I think would win and like what it would take, uh, but. Uh, this is this event had trained me looking at pairings and stuff uh, to do that just as quickly as possible um, and that that assessment what uh, uh, we were talking about is something that you need because uh, you have even less time in person right you had to just yeah maybe a couple minutes before you had to start deploying your first obstacles and objectives uh, from seeing your opponent's list so like that is definitely a skill that um, I think you would need to take forward into regular events. One thing I will say also is just from looking at things, like the weeks where people were, like for group stages where we felt prepared, we did well, and the weeks where we felt a little unprepared or a little like eh, maybe a little bit not super engaged with the whole preparation thing, they were shakier. And with finals, because we had the list a little bit beforehand, we prepared and there was practices and there was a lot of stuff. And while it may not have been against specific lists, although in some cases it was, just understanding what each faction wants as a whole, like as a general concept. And if it's like a specific archetype, like because there's multiple things in that faction, what those things want. And while there will be specific nitpicks like, oh, this list has hollow instead of on reg, so it's going to be a little bit more token cherry and not as much high initiative like ace play. Like they still generally want to do the same thing, and before a tournament or just beforehand, just going in and understanding broadly what most of the meta is going to want to do and how it's going to want to play is extremely helpful. I'll answer Darosha's question in the chat, which is said, in other words, who's going to take this list of worlds? And if uh, if there are no major changes or meta shifts, this is probably what I'll take the worlds. If I can figure out a way to beat Republic Beef reasonably consistently, then yeah. 
Otherwise, I will be switching to five ship resistance like everyone else. <laughs> I I've got some stuff cooking that uh, unfortunately uh, we we didn't want to fly for XCC, but I I, res I respect the captains and coaches' decisions to fly the more consistent stuff rather than just whatever I've got going on. So uh... oh, I I don't doubt Crispy's always cooking. <laughs> um, no, I, I I think there's there's two sides to it, right? Like. I think having a level of consistency and just narrowing down rep rep reps over and over and over with games can help fine tune your experience with the list. So I don't I think there's there's both a, a pros and cons to each side. If you do take your list that you actually use directly on XTC to worlds, but also um Things change, things evolve, and there may be times where you start to find out even more and more in your matchups that maybe you do need to tweak something. Maybe swap out a pilot of the same cost that gives you an advantage somewhere else and doesn't lose anything or doesn't lose as much in other things. You know, I think a lot of times um, people can get caught up in the, you know, because I've I've done it sometimes and I've had other friends do this where they focus in on like one pilot or matchup that they're like deathly afraid of um and it in in all seriousness in these this day and x-wing it's really hard to find a bad matchup to the scale that we're we're used to in the past for a lot of players that it may have played early second edition or late first edition where you just brought a list and you just lost because you didn't you didn't have the bid or it was just you know the auto counter to it right because of objectives because of how you how you perform in the game can matter a lot more than the list you bring. So I think a lot of times the small tweaks you do can just make sure that it's a get you wins versus win more type of thing. So make sure you cover as many of your matchups that you can without hyper-focusing on one of them because you may not ever see it in Swiss. You know, like... I went to the last first edition worlds knowing that I was going to tank my matchup against the old uh, ghost Fen, and I never played against it. <laughs> so it can happen. And sometimes I could have played that whole event and played three of them. Who knows? But I think right now, because of, like I said, ob objectives and uh, in a much larger Swiss format, I think just getting reps, knowing your list, and fine-tuning it to a degree that you find the wrinkles that make it that much a little better at what it's doing or covering a, a, a potential matchup that doesn't lose you your advantages you put into the list. So, yeah. You bring up a great point about uh, what I would call like silver bullet lists where uh, I, I did preface like a long time ago that like whatever to, to the players that whatever list you bring, you're going to be comfortable just like being matched up against triple arc and Han. Like I can't uh, like everybody's got to be prepared for it. Cause while we can control a lot of the pairing process, we can't uh, like force these pairings, especially when it's like, um, uh, as far as the attacker, right? We could only uh, choose so much of that. But at the same time, though, um, 
not having a silver bullet, just having everybody kind of find what they're comfortable with and what they think could handle these lists, even if it's not the preferred matchup, at least be able to have a strategy for uh, these different factions. Luckily, we only had to prepare for five factions for the event, so it did uh, reduce quite a bit of our prep time in finding out those good matchups, which uh, that's that would be my final piece of like my, my thoughts going forward for the XCC is that we're going to have to go back to seven factions uh, every single... I mean, we, we brought two extra Imperials, but that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's just what Longshank thinks. Otherwise, every other team in the event brought the same Republic, Rebels, Empire, First Order, Resistance, Dropping Scum, and CIS. And I think the between making parents more interesting of having seven factions and having uh, just forcing you to fly these lesser factions in the finals uh, makes for a more interesting play. Um, so hopefully next year um, we'll have to be able to expand it, get seven players per team. Um, but I uh, don't want to keep you guys all tonight. But if you have any final thoughts, any shout outs, something that we didn't cover um, before uh, we let you go, uh, feel free to jump in. Let us know. Uh, shout out to all of my opponents from XTC. Everybody I played was super awesome. Like I didn't have a bad interaction the whole time, and you know a lot of people take it really seriously, so it's it's easy to, uh, I guess, take it like get caught up in it, like and get frustrated. But all of my opponents were great. So shout out to them. Yeah, echoing the same. Like all my opponents were amazing. Uh, particularly like I mean Fernando, the Team Mexico captain is just he's an awesome player and better. I mean better person. And then same thing with Andrew Oler it was just I mean such a, I mean, plays at such a high level, but I mean, just really, really awesome, like awesome person. And yeah, those, those two matches, I will re remember very, very, very fondly for a uh, long, long time. So, but yeah, all my opponents were just really, really great people. And um, yeah, the whole experience was just, was outstanding from, from start to finish. I'd like to shout out the judge team, specifically Piffo and Funwalk, I believe. Uh, just for putting the whole thing on because without them we wouldn't have had this to talk about or to enjoy and to remember fondly or to win in our case uh, yeah, also the, uh, the true unsung heroes of the event the tournament organizers and judges i was gonna Very say much. shout out to uh, all the streamers who could bring the energy and the fun of the xtc xtc to all the people that weren't playing this year so that's uh what G GSP Firecast Funwalk also as well and fun, Funwalk I believe did it in English uh, for uh, for everybody as well. Um, but yeah, we had a great relationship with Firecast. We were bouncing ideas off of each other, um, and uh, we should have uh, each of those games up on YouTube um, probably in the next two weeks or so. Uh, so if you missed the action live, you can find it there as well. Mm. Uh, anybody else? I'd add something in, but I'm just echoing what everybody else said. <laughs> that works. This whole I, thing was fantastic. I would echo the same. I didn't have a bad experience. There were some miscommunications about rules 
Uh, but ultimately, like if that's if that's the biggest thing I have to complain about, it was a very good event. Uh, so awesome! Uh, you guys can stick around. We're going to talk about the. Uh, I was going to call it Oceanic. What is the actual name of it? The Singapore World Qualifier. Otherwise, it made me so proud. We're getting cards made, um, and prizes sh uh, shipped out. That's who knows. Uh, <laughs> uh, when the, we'll probably take months uh, to get those prizes, but that's that's fine. Um, but we did. I don't think I saved it, but uh, for you guys, um, I think uh, Levi posted it. I did make a joke that you better wait uh, to send that proof of the card until it says first place on it and now it does xcc world champions uh so we're gonna get some cards made with everybody's name on it uh marksmanship which is hilariously an upgrade that was in every single one of our lists Te <laughs> technically boy vader uh didn't have a choice in taking it but i think everybody else uh chose to take marksmanship in their squads so a little unifying upgrade uh for everybody there uh, so, yeah, overall, it's been great. Thank you, Will. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Thanks. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Will. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Uh, making me so proud. You should be proud of yourselves as well. Hard-fought night, hard-fought weekend. Uh, and, yeah, in the prestigious 8-1, a lot of people were asking, like, What's it going to take to win? What's it going to take? Well, what's our tiebreakers? Just like last year when Canada went eight and one, uh, that's what it takes to to take it all. So very proud. Again, Secret sauce. If there's no tie, you don't need to break it. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, you feel free to uh, stay, um, but we got to move on. We got about less than a half hour or so left of the podcast. There should be plenty of time to go over the Singapore World Qualifier. I'll put it up right. in our uh, in our lists here, or in our notes. I'll post it in the chat if you guys want to take a look at it as well in our Twitch chat here. So let's go over to let's go to that Longshanks. So, Do we know if, the, if this got finished? Because it's still missing the final game. Uh, well, I know who came in second place, so... <laughs> okay, alright. No, who came in first and second? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess that's true. It doesn't, it doesn't show uh, the final there, but we can take a look at the list uh, after the uh, Swiss rounds, it looks like XY Lim. A well-known player in the Singapore and worldwide uh, gets to uh, the uh, the final against a player named Tigris. Uh, both of them flying the uh, Galactic Republic. Uh, so why don't we start with the winning list then? If I'm not mistaken, XY got second. Yeah, if, if XY is listening this to this, uh, and if he's not, somebody tell him, XY, you suck. You, you let yeah, somebody really, come really, 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 really,
Okay, continue. you are bad. <laughs> you are not good. Like, how, how can you let not somebody good. come into your country and take the Singapore national away from your country? Like, come on. Come on. Come on, XY. I think you have to go to Worlds and prove that you don't, uh, well, don't like the other word, that you you don't are not, not, not bad. That bad, not, you are not, not bad. Or however else you say it. And I'm saying that specifically because he said he may not go to Worlds, so. Oh. We got to throw him some shade until he does. Oh, I hope he does. He better or else he's going to end up not, 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 not good, not good, bad, good, not. Well, we'll get to XY's list in just a second. Let's talk about Tigress, Tigress's winning squad here. Uh, it's got uh, the Siege of Coruscant, as you should have expected. We got Kickback, Siege of Coruscant, shooting diamond borons, handing out evades, oddball, uh, in the arc 170 uh, with that selfless so important uh, wolf it was siege of coruscant uh, we have jag of siege of coruscant axe as well not only handing out locks but being able to throw evades to other ships and then slider with predator uh, of course slider can be slipping around uh, with those two bank side slips uh, but a beefy list. Three arcs, two torrents, and a Z95 uh, can be a lot to chew through. We saw uh, quite a bit in the XCC where uh, people were calling this a uh, either a, I forget if they were saying, we had an argument about whether it's a cancel or control, but essentially a blue deck in Magic where you, you do something and the enemy responds by just canceling what you tried to do and this is very much what this felt like where uh with those evades from the torrents uh being able to support uh the the different ships and each other uh then of course like jag giving locks to wolf and himself axe giving locks oddball taking the selfless like it really seems so cohesive and it's kind of hard to uh put a crack in that armor and get these ships separated. Uh, so yeah, with some good flying. Yeah, once, once you do though, it, it really does fall apart real quick. Torrent's not great ships, it turns out. Even, yeah. with, even with munitions and great support abilities of throwing the evades and focuses and stuff, there's still torrents at the end of the day. Uh, are they really though? Because I mean, you know, we're throwing a lot of praise over to the bombers, but Mm -hmm. I mean, there's still two agility. Uh, may, yeah, they got one less I think health the siege than a bomber. Have, but uh, six the siege has six. Yeah. So they are bomber oh, they or X-wing equivalent. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, not X-wing because the, the shields make a big difference. But it's, you know, we're throwing a lot the, of the maneuverability, the dial of like once they get stressed, they are really hard to control and get back on mm -hmm. target. Also... Yeah, but so are the bombers. If the bombers get stressed, they True. I mean they have similar dials to the bombers. They have uh but the difference is that the in Empire, the bombers are there to provide cover and to provide 
um, you know, the bombers are there to provide assistance to other ships, whether it's by, you know, throwing out the, the bombs or, um, you know, just drawing attention from, from Vader or Rack or whatever else. Right here, like, they're providing cover by virtue of, like, having evades and, and, and stuff around to throw around, but they're also, they're also benefiting, benefiting as well. So, you know, you can, you have, um, you know, the um, orange for this throwing them focuses, you have one giving the other evades, or you have oddball if you, if you position them right. You know, one of the worst things about, you know, we were talking about similar to an X-Wing, but the X-Wing has a shield to eat crit. Uh, they don't have an, a shield to eat a crit. They have an oddball to eat a crit. So I, I don't think the torrents are as as bad as as people make them out to be in. You know, they're, you know, two agility, six health with potentially unlimited focuses, maybe an extra evade and the ability to pass crits on to a shielded buddy. So not, not bad at all. How many, how many torrents have you played? Uh, I've played a fair amount and I actually played a similar list to this with the only difference being instead of taking Jag, I took, um, uh, an I three and another. It was a seven ship, so it was similar to this, but it was like a seven ship version with two Z ninety fives. And the torrents, especially having Tucker next to Oddball, uh, that way Tucker can hold on to his um, and dedicated. I didn't. I didn't have Predator. I had dedicated on both Z both Z ninety fives, but you know I two with a barrage rocket is not so bad when you have. Uh, uh, many ways to allow him to keep his focus token to to get it off. So he's talking axe. I did but play it for a while. The same thing. Yeah, Tucker talking... axe. Yeah, the barrage rocket one. Yeah. Barrage rocket. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's true. I mean, don't have to spend your focus on defense if an arc could just throw you one. Yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, a very powerful list, like I said. Uh, you you have to. Steve mentioned that he just slams the decimator into their formation to try to break it up. Uh, other lists can try to flank it, get behind them. I mean, that's might be the strength of the the arcs, though, is that you really can't just like flank them. You really had to work that hourglass. Um, and even then, you had to bust through all of the defensive tech that they have, keeping them alive. And by the way, uh, he is from the Philippines, so it He's was from the uh, Philippines. Awesome. Yeah, so the Philippines okay. ended up winning that one. Okay, very good team, a uh, very good list uh, to make it all the way to uh, the top of this tournament. Take a look at XY's list. This is the second place squad. Uh, unsurprisingly. When you have Republic, you also have more Arcs. We got Oddball and Wolf, both Siege of Coruscant and Jack, Siege of Coruscant. This going with the more traditional squad of Anakin, Skywalker, and the Ada uh, using that Siege of Coruscant. And then Padme with Marksmanship, Passive Sensors, and Proton Torpedoes uh, ripped right out of the meta. And still, put it, put it with a good pilot and can uh, still take on any uh, list it needs to. 
Uh, the uh, the Padme, though, I feel like... I know, James, we go back and forth on this. I still think Padme is the liability here. And could, like, especially comparing these two lists, uh, this list has a very like specific ship it's trying to protect, whereas the other one... You don't care if they're shooting Jag or a Torrent or a Slider. You don't care who they're shooting. Uh, whereas this, you really got to protect Anakin and Padme, uh, who don't really have that um, as as much support. Uh, any any thoughts on uh, Padme still showing up in the the top tables? I mean, checks out. It's worked before. Did passive proton torpedo good, especially when backed up by all the born for this focuses and you've done a speed maneuver evade. Uh, so not easy to kill. Usually Padme's, unless she's in a really weird spot of situations, she's not an early target. You're burning the arcs down. And her, her ability can uh, help you save yourself you know, damage on your own ships and potentially do more damage to opposing ships. It, sometimes there's games where it doesn't do anything, and sometimes there's games where it does a lot. So, and it's it's an arc that a lot of people will overcorrect themselves or not pay attention to when they deal with it. So, um, standardly, still good. Yeah, makes sense to me. Well flown, X Y. Uh, I want to see him at Worlds. I I don't want to play him at Worlds though. Uh, fantastic player. Um, let's take a look at... I'm trying to make sure that uh, Dawi and uh, KF Lee here are other finalists. We got lists for them here. Uh, yeah, it looks like. Uh, so this is this is what is interesting to me. Uh, is I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the W-E-I of this uh, correctly. But I'm going to say Dawi. Uh, brings a scum list and gets into uh, the top cut tier. This one has Fenrau utilizing Crackshot, Cutthroat, Mandalorian Optics, and Beskar Reinforce Plating. Cutthroats, when another ship is destroyed, you either clear your stress or you get a charge back. That could be the Mandalorian charge or one of your two Beskar charges or even a second Crackshot. That'd be crazy. I've, I haven't seen that. So very interesting. Uh, brings Cad Bane, Synced, Cura, Contraband, Cutthroat, Xanadu Blood, Dirge, Proton Cannons, Contraband Cybernetics, Marksmanship, and Cutthroat, Bosk in the Z95 with Deadmanships and Marksmanship, then Dace Bonearm with Hondo Onaka Crew, Contraband Cybernetics, Marksmanship, and Moldy Crow. Uh, it feels like this list is built to just watch Bosk just be the tip of the spear and then wait for him to be destroyed with that dead man switch so all you guys can get uh, the triggers from Cutthroat. I, I feel like Cutthroat is very strong, but like nobody's actually utilizing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it's. We, we've seen a lot of it, but I mean, we also just haven't seen a ton of scum. Ships uh, that's true. Scumless. That's true. Um, 
uh, often overlooked. I, I mean, these are all the, the best of the best for scum, so I like this list composition. Four point rogues, four point moldy crow, and uh, now a six point fen rao. You still have to fly fen rao. Like, when you yeah. invest six points into a, a ship, you must fly him well. Got to be getting in and out of engagements effectively. Uh, Marcel, what do you think about Hondo Onaka crew on Dace? I know you've been Ooh. praising... Who? Crew? Crew. Hondo Onaka. Oh, Hondo Onaka. That's the, uh, yeah, the, the double jam coordinate. Coordinate an enemy and jam an enemy. Or coordinate one of your friends to jam one of your friends. So in this instance, you coordinate mm. Fen Rao, you jam Bosk, right? Yeah, 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 and uh, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of him just because he's very, um, you know, it sounds in theory it sounds like it, it's a bad idea to coordinate friendly or to jam yourself, but if you're flying a list that has enough ships, or if you're flying against enough opponents, which in you know nowadays with five being probably the average. It's very consistent because you can usually find a stressed ship to coordinate on the on the enemy side, and it's usually very easy to find or to actually preset and just target lock everyone up front. Uh, so you can jam off a kind of um, you know like a target lock on a rock or something like that, mm-hmm. or a multiple you know for multiple, especially since it's at range three. Or multiple uh, rounds to where that that um, you know detraction is not so much of a detraction anymore because it's basically just to coordinate and specifically with taste bone arm and moldy crow title um, he's got that you know he's got at least a focus if he you know assuming he takes a focus round one and he starts coordinating as soon as round two uh, so he's got that going for him already. Like even from round two, if he starts coordinating round two, uh, he's just taking off a jam from friendly. And again, in the mix, in the mix of things, especially when you're playing against something like uh, Boy Vader, for example, which there's a ton of Boy Vader. Boy Vader, te- Boy Vader tends to consume his target locks pretty consistently, or change targets. You know, from one ship to a different ship and being able to jam him and um just basically turn his got his dice his gun into a two die gun is really good so huge fan of it huge fan of it on ships that can carry around focus um yeah i don't know i mean you bring up a great point about uh not only do you basically get three free Hondos for your team. Everybody just takes a lock round one and you slowly jam off the locks from each of your friends. But you brought up a great point about coordinating the enemy. And this list does have Cad Bane who can force a stress onto a ship when, the, when he hits with their attack. Uh, then that could set you up to coordinate that ship and jam somebody else uh, so I didn't really thought about forcing the stress onto your opponent as well if they like could recognize that like oh well we want those Hondo 
coordinates. So let's not stress ourselves or whatever. Yeah, Even and there's usually somebody it. that if they moved if they moved first, there's usually somebody that bumped and has a stress. Or if you know you're planning a sci five and I six, there's usually somebody that bumped the previous round and is still stressed this round. So there's always somebody to coordinate that uh, just is unable to take advantage of it. Looks good. We'll take a look at the last top four squads here, and then uh, um, Marcel, I'll give you uh, give you a bit to talk about uh, the event you attended. Let's see what uh, KF Lee had brought. This is an Imperial squad. It looks like uh, Boy Vader, Merrick Stell. Uh, this one with proton rockets. Big, big heart out. Ah, heart <laughs> uh, to the proton rocket, Merrick. Uh, we also have uh, Tomax Brent with that set Salvo Barrage rocket. Juno with Proton Rockets. Uh, Major Rhymer with Saturation Salvo Barrage Rockets. And Seismic Charges on there as well. Uh, this is a list that I was taking to you. A couple uh, similar. I, I, had, uh, I didn't have a second bomber in there. But um, I'm familiar with those Proton Rockets from American Juno. Very effective uh, if you're unable to get the lock through road or um, something like that, uh, or a bump as well. Being blocked in being, uh, you have to take the red focus because you're, you know, a three agility ship. But then you can still proton rocket potentially someone behind the blocker uh, can make this list uh, have quite the spike damage uh, for it. So I'm not surprised to see it here uh, in the top cut. Oh, yeah, very exciting event. Uh, glad to still have events um, all over the world on uh, these world qualifiers. I think we're down to just four or five left uh, for December and January. I know LVO. I think there's just a couple other ones. Uh, that they had listed on their website. So uh, it's sticking down. Uh, I think the. Uh, I think there's only one more in uh, the United States. I know um, uh, the previous. Uh, <laughs> what used to be the Minox. Uh, now I think it's just called. Uh, uh, the Extreme Community what are you Group. About? X-Wing community group, the the former um, Minoc Squadron podcast for listing off uh, the World Open qualifiers for North America, and yeah, we only have one remaining uh, for it, but exciting to still uh, be reminded that there's world qualifiers happening all over the world, and hopefully then we can pull uh, a bunch of players from around the world to Adepticon in March really make it feel like the, a true worlds. But uh, before we go, Marcel, you alluded to being the second best player in your household. Will the cats pick up X-Wing? Is that what it was? Yeah, uh, actually, they left, but yeah, they did. Uh, that probably makes me like the fourth best. The fourth best. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, the cats always win because whenever we try to plan the table, uh, 
yeah, the the cats always do a critical hit on on, on, all, on the entire table. It's oh, like sure. at once. They're just like cannonball. It's like a cannonball critical hit. Uh, so yeah, they're very uh, they're a four legged proton bomb. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so yesterday was the store championship for Spellbound game. Uh, sixteen players, and uh. Super excited and super proud that, you know, Kayla's been, I think she's been in the, she's been three and one. Uh, and as you guys know, like Forno, you know, three and one, when you have a 16 person uh, tournament, have four rounds, you know, there's, you know, three and one just doesn't cut it. So she's been three and one, I think like four different times. So she's been on the cusp of that uh, world invite. And finally, yesterday she got it. Uh, so she got, she did the porno, and super excited. She actually made one change, and it's the change that uh, well you were you were mentioning to Levi earlier. Um, I suggested on Saturday night. I suggested switching wedge to hole the the Y wing. For uh, reference, so she's she been flying a very standard five ship Han Rebels. Yeah, the 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 engine chopper. And proton rocket on keel version, and she ended up taking wedge out. Um, you know, I suggested it on Saturday night. She put hole in, and out of the four games, she said she landed the advanced proton torpedo three out of the four games. So I call that a a success, and including in the final against Brandon uh, Brandon Prokos, um, she ended up landing the advanced proton torpedo and getting all five hits in on on Pope on YT-1300 Pope. Wow. Um, so she blocked him with... It was pretty cool. She she blocked him with Luke, and she got the the Proton off on on Poe. Um, anyway, super super excited for her. I know she's been excited, and, and I got my, my... You know, over here, you can't see it, but over there, I've got, like, my, my trophy wall. And she's already starting to push all my stuff to the side, <laughs> you know, to, to get, to, you know, to make room for her, for her trophy. So, nice. uh, super cool. I, I'm excited. She's excited. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, maybe we're not the only married couple in, you know, qualifying, but the only think, married uh, couple I, I know that are. Uh, Family related, but not uh, spouse. Not married. Um, crispy yeah. uh, sister, I believe. Um, cat got she, a world she, invite, but I don't okay. think. Uh, but I yeah, don't but think yeah, they yeah, but that's, there's, there's, yeah. There's siblings. There's plenty of siblings. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you're saying it specifically because it's like a female sibling, uh, like a female, yeah, female that's, sibling. Yeah, it's about as close as but, I can think of right now, off the top of my head, anyways. So, so anyway, I'm I'm happy. I was excited, uh, and also big shout out to Brandon and and tough, tough, really tough. Um, it was on the three one two, three uh, Nick's ferry, um, was streaming it, and there was a bit of so the um, there was a bit of confusion. So the judge or the TO or the owner of the store, whatever you want to call him, like he walked around. And he said, "Time in the round. Time in the round." And uh, Brandon was up twelve to ten, 
So they shook hands and they're like, yeah. And then I walked over there to like hug Kayla and say, hey, I'm sorry, you know, good try. You know, get him next time. And then Nick Sperry runs over and he's like, no, you guys are still playing. You got one more round. Because um, I guess the stream table had a different timer than like the rest of the. Sure. It, it sometimes you know. does because there's an extra like minute of like, no, don't go to your table. Go to this one. And yeah. Yeah. So they started a little late, but, um, you know, it, it's got a, you know, it, it was. It, it feels a little bad. Like you think you won and you're done and you're like, no, you got you got one more to go. And then um, it was 12-10, and then Kayla ended up picking up all three, not picking up, but pressing all three buttons. Uh, so she ended up winning 13-12 because she hit, you know, the, the buttons, and so she won on objectives on the final round. Um, so it's... Uh, I can imagine how it feels on the opposite end, so it kind of sucks, but I'm at the same time excited that Kayla won, so... Anyway. Well, that's what happens when you, you know, you're playing with your close friends. Brandon's been playing for just as long as any of us. So, yeah, he'll, get, yeah. he'll get his win. I'm sure. He'll get it, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Kayla then committed to Adepticon, I assume. Has to now. Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to, we've got, um, We've got a store champ in January. Um, you know, we're filling in the minimum 16. So then we've, we're going to LBO. And then if oh, things right. work yeah. out, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to LBO. I've got tickets to Sith Taker Open, even though that's not a world qualifier. Um, so we'll see in if we... England? In England, yeah, and, and uh, I think it's Manchester. Yeah, I think it's Manchester. So uh, if everything works out, I've got the tickets already. So if everything works out, we'll be in Manchester for February and then Worlds in March. So it'll be a very X-Wing heavy first quarter next year if, if everything goes well. Oh, man. What, what a shame that would be, huh? <laughs> awesome. What a shame what would be. Uh, they uh, twisting your arm, ha making you travel and play x-wing oh i thought you mean like what a shame that would be like what no no speaking of adepticon though as a note uh, as we're counting down the days to where tickets are on sale that's not yet uh, but they did post their uh event information so if you are looking forward to adepticon start wa wanting to look at uh different events that you can um, attend they already have that up and i believe registration opens january 7th uh, so we're still still about a month away um, for actually signing up for events but uh like i said they had just opened up um that event information so definitely check it out in your preparations for worlds uh we are just out of time we're going to be back next week talking draft league ascendancy is taking on five straight boost in the finals this week very exciting um did we touch on the um battle of whatever battle over indoor oh. no we're, we're not touching on it 
Okay. Well, I mean, like, we did we say we're not touching on it already? No, no you, you jumped right into the XTC. Okay, yeah. We, we're going to pause on uh, looking at uh, the leaks. Just wanted to mention it. You can find them. You can take a look at um, what was released. Um, without that uh, uh, press release, we'll hold off on it for now, just in case there's a last-minute change or something. We just want to have the exact information before we dive too deep onto it but still very exciting to hear that um it's still a go it's 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 still on the way that that boat trip's getting longer and longer it seems but <laughs> on <know>, boat <laughs> i'll get here eventually so you know it's positive news uh for uh those looking forward to that expansion anyways did i miss anything before we get out of here I think that's it. Cool. For everyone out there, stay safe, stay smart. Gold Squadron, out. Thank you to ISO, Danko, Baffle, Trojan, Prophet, Shadow, Tycho, Spice, Raider, Lancer, Fallen, Row 6, 626, Chief, and J-List, our Grand Admiral Patrons. And all of our Gold Squadron patrons and community members, thank you for your support. Gold Squadron, out.